This week on Crime World... There was a Republican police from 1920. I mean, the IRA was effectively trying to run an underground government. And actually, there was a crime wave. 1919-1920, there's a wave of bank robberies, post office robberies, robberies of individuals, robberies of pubs in Dublin and in rural areas as well. So the IRA tried to actually clamp down on that. They, on occasion, solving bank robberies and giving the money back to the banks. Now, I'm Nicola Talent, and you can listen to my podcast, Crime World, wherever you get your podcasts. On this week's Big Tech Show, when will cars safely drive themselves on our streets? And who in Ireland is providing the technology to help them do that? We talk to one of the country's biggest automotive autonomy entrepreneurs. I have BMW Drive Assist in my own vehicle and it is much, much safer because we are all prone to distraction, especially when we're on the motorway from Limerick to Dublin, for example. We've all been there where you actually forgot a whole section of the road. So I would say if you take it from a safety perspective and it does allow you to kind of relax. The Big Tech Show, available on all podcast platforms. If you like the Indo Daily, you can follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Today on the Indo Daily. Why is Harry Styles so in vogue? Harry Styles was just a fresh faced 16 year old when he had his big break in a reality singing show. Hello. Nice to meet you. What's your name? Uh, I'm Harry Styles. Okay. I don't know whether it's the track that's throwing you, but can I hear something just you without any music? I'll do Isn't She Lovely by Stevie Wonder. Okay, good luck. (laughs) Isn't she lovely? And since then, he's enjoyed fame in the boy band One Direction. He has a successful solo career as a rock star. He's also a style icon, a budding actor, and he's only 28. The fun part is you never feel like you know what you're doing in either of them. Um, Music, I've done it a little bit longer, so that feeling is a little more comfortable. But what I like about acting is I feel like I have no idea what I'm doing. And it's... So why is Harry Styles so loved and lauded worldwide? And where exactly does he go from here? I'm Siobhan McGuire and joining me today is the Irish Independence audience editor and pop culture expert, Dee Malumbi. This is our 10th show at Madison Square Garden. Dee. Harry Styles, he's never out of the headlines. Most recently for Spitgate, tell me all about this. Did he really spit on Chris Pine? I don't think so. I think that this is one of those optical illusion cases. Um, Is the dress gold or blue? It's like the latest one of those. Um, I mean, it was just very unfortunate camera angles. Basically, um, at the Venice Film Festival recently, Don't Worry Darling, which stars uh, both Pine and uh, Styles. uh, This had its premiere recently. And when Harry Styles was going to take his seat next to Chris Pine, he kind of makes this weird gesture with his mouth. And then Chris Pine kind of has this look of confusion slash being appalled. And it really does look like he might have spat on Chris Pine. Um, Now, having like analysed this footage and also seen other tweets in which it was uh, recorded from different angles, I can confirm that 
I don't think that it was a spit, but I mean, there's there's such a like kind of, there's so much gossip around this film, don't worry, darling, at this point, that this just kind of adds all the fuel to the fire. And I think that Harry Styles is just that biggest celebrity that everyone will like pounce on any little bit of news, um, even if it's not potentially true uh, about him. Yes, you're absolutely right uh, in terms of the kind of publicity surrounding this particular movie. The director is Olivia Wilde, who is Harry's girlfriend. But also there was some really funny footage of, uh, you know, when all the actors do their their kind of pre-movie interviews and there's Harry talking about the movie in quite a dull way. And there's a very glazed look on Chris Pine's face. You know, my favorite thing about the movie is like it feels like a like a movie. It feels like a real like, you know, go to the theater film movie that, you know, you, you kind of the reason why you go to watch something on the big screen. You can kind of understand there might have been a little bit of animosity between the two, which might be the reason for sparking this whole spit gate in the first place. I mean, you have to wonder, at the end of the day, these guys are all professional actors. You know, they're there promoting a movie. Um, is it possible that there was some animosity on the set, uh, perhaps? Could they also just be a bunch of actors who have talked about this movie for a very long time and are probably very bored? I don't have much sympathy for these highly paid actors, D, if they're getting a little bit uh, tired and bored of, of talking about the movies. My heart, uh, my heart bleeds for them. Uh, I don't think so. But look, <laughs> let's come back to the acting a little later. Um, I want to talk about Harry Styles, where it all began for him. So Harry's full name is actually Harry Edward Styles, which I love because it just adds that bit more class, I think, to his name. Uh, he was born in Redditch in England, the son of a landlady and finance worker. Um, his parents did divorce when he was young and he has a stepbrother and stepsister on his mum's side. And he's talked actually quite extensively about how his uh, mum and sister were particularly a big influence on him. And now he's kind of, you know, he openly talks about um, equality and being a feminist and stuff like that. Uh, generally, he describes his childhood is very happy. He joined a local band, which won a Battle of the Bands competition, apparently. And then at the very tender age of Sweet 16 in 2010, he, of course, had his now famous X Factor um, audition. And another thing I absolutely love about this audition is how even at the age of 16, the way that Harry Styles could work that crowd, it's quite incredible. Um, well, I've always wanted to audition, but I've always been too young, so... I thought I'd give it, thanks. I thought I'd give it a whirl this time. And why have you always wanted to audition, Harry? Because uh, my mum's always told me that I'm a good singer and so have my friends. OK, so... mums normally don't know. Yeah, that's what I mean. So yeah. I wanted to come and ask from the people who know. OK. This is a kid who was definitely gunning for fame. He knew exactly what he was doing and he was there on stage for his audition with a little cheeky smile on his face, having the banter with Simon, winning over the crowd. I mean, he kind of was from that uh, first glimpse we had of him destined for greater things. But one thing I did find really interesting about his audition as well were uh, Louis Walsh's comments. Now, people might remember that Louis Walsh was the only one who voted no to I Harry Styles, actually. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. It's hilarious. I agree with Nicole. I, however, I think, I think you're so young. I don't think you have enough experience or confidence yet. OK. Uh, yeah, someone in the audience just said rubbish, and I totally agree with them. 
But his reason for it, I could actually understand. He basically said that Harry Styles is very young. And I think that that's just it. I don't think Harry really realized how, like what he was getting into. And the superstar fame that One Direction ended up launching into, like uh, the fact that those five boys came out of that as normal (laughs) as they are now, um, it is quite astounding. They didn't even win X Factor. I think they came third, was it? They came third. And and yet they went on to kind of dominate the the pop market for so long. Let's talk about One Direction because um, it goes without saying that when you think of of kind of screaming fans, you think back to the Beatles. One Direction took all of this to another level. I remember when One Direction was kind of in its heyday and that was what it was comparable to. It was comparable to the fame of the Beatles. There were just women, like young girls and women just screaming, screaming about these guys. Um, And Harry Styles has talked quite extensively. Now, he's very positive about One Direction overall, which you can't say for all of the band members. Uh, Some of them were maybe a bit inappreciative of that experience and they've kind of gone on to like talk a bit mean about um, having been a part of that band. Uh, But Harry has talked about these uh, cleanliness clauses, uh, which would essentially count cancel his career if he broke them. So there was a huge anxiety uh, that he suffered from. He was terrified of doing interviews. He's even talked about how when he did eventually uh, go solo and signed that contract, he actually cried with the relief of it. Uh, But little did he know that that fame was, was not going anywhere. Let's talk about his solo career because it is hugely successful and he has emerged a rock star from like a, a boy band star to, to a real rock star. And it's kind of incredible when you think that this guy has had three albums before the age of 28 and three really big albums at that. Uh, but Harry's House was not only commercially successful, but it was really big uh, with the critics as well. Um, he's talked about writing that album during the pandemic and how it really kind of crystallized these uh, feelings that he had at the time of, you know, isolation and this roller coaster of emotions that he was going through. I think that a lot of fans, you know, listen to his music and they relate to it. But one of the things that I love about him as well is just his sense of fun. He is this youthful guy. He's even slightly dorky. He's very, very playful and fun-loving and this cheeky uh, personality, which I think is why he really is like the voice of this uh, generation. Um, That always comes through. And even though he has talked very sincerely and very straight about, you know, his music and his career um, and his kind of, you know, uh, desires and stuff like that, there's always kind of this like cheeky, like wink to the camera or something like that, which I think is what a lot of people love about him. You're doing a remarkable job of staying level-headed from every one of my staff is telling me, which is, is, is unbelievable because you know you live in such an insulated world when you're a musician. You're maintaining some sort of normal life, so I think, that's beautiful. I think one of, my, one of my favorite things that a friend of mine told me was remember that everything that people say about you isn't true. Whether they say that you are horrific, it's not true. And if they tell you that you're the best thing ever, it's not true. But when you're worth around $90 million, D, your experience of the pandemic is going to be a hell of a lot different to yours or mine. So poor Al Harry, he's there probably in his lovely mansion somewhere in LA and uh, feels the need to share with the world that he's feeling a little bit lonely and low. But we have to take into account that this is a very rich young man. So his concerns will never be the same as the rest of ours. 
Yeah, I think that that's that's a fair point. And I mean, he has been spoken about as this kind of icon of Gen Z. And there are a lot of things to praise about him. You know, he's a champion for, you know, equality across uh, genders, across um, sexual orientation, across race and stuff like that. But you also have to remember that he's this young, white, uh, very privileged um, man. So so I think that is like a fair criticism of him. But at the same time, he's just he's just so darn charismatic that you kind of end up putting all of that to his uh, to the side and falling in love with him. I'll tell you what, Dee, if I was head to toe in Gucci all day, every day, <laughs> charisma would ooze out of me, I can assure you. Um, but look, you know, he is a smart guy at the end of the day. He, he I, I think probably his experiences from One Direction has led to the fact he's very smart about his money at the moment. I mean, he has his own record label, doesn't he? That's right. So he does own uh, Erskine Records. Uh, this is an independent label that he uh, would have launched in May 2016 uh, that he's the sole owner of. I think that it's really interesting that he made this move so early on in his career and that he was showing that he is forging his own path. And every move that he's made since that has just, you know, reinforced that idea. And now, my understanding is that even though, you know, Harry Styles is signed with Columbia and Columbia has a license agreement on Harry Styles's album, um, after that ends, um, this is my understanding, again, the rights do revert back to Erskine. So again, he's just showing his independence and his business smarts as well. And Dee, I mentioned Gucci there for a good reason. I mean, he does model for Gucci, but we even see him on stage uh, with his own solo career and he has emerged almost like uh, an L. Elvis-like character, Bowie-esque. Uh, he's got all the flamboyant leotards, unitards, boas, um, and we can't get enough of that. I know, and he's he always been Harry. I know, and he's always breaking barriers. I love the fact that he's the first chap to have ever been on the cover of American Vogue and looking rather and, uh, gorgeous. And again, do you know what I love about him? He just, he, he doesn't think, oh, that clothes, and he shouldn't, why should anybody? You know, why should you think clothes are for girls or clothes are for boys? Wear whatever you like. Wear whatever Absolutely. you like. I think uh, maybe I had something to do with it because I was always a big fan of, uh, of, of doing fancy dress with them when they were smaller, <laughs> um, which Gemma hated, um, but Harry always embraced. Um, but, you know, who doesn't love playing dress up? Yeah, absolutely. And you hear about fans who show up to his concerts, not only in like outfits inspired by Harry Styles, but they just arrive in like these feather boas and glitter and stuff like this because they want to get in on, I suppose, that feeling of like extravagance and showmanship as well. The sense of energy that he brings to all of his performances is quite extraordinary. And as well, I love when he's not singing that he does talk to the crowd. He really engages the audience. He at least acts like such a rock star that you really do buy into him being an actual rock star. And there was a little bit of backlash recently because it was announced he's playing Slane. And I think the tickets went on sale over a week ago and were gold dust. Um, but why shouldn't he play Slane? Why shouldn't he? Yeah, yeah. I think that he absolutely has that stage presence. And he just, I think that it's hard for people to accept this because he's just so young and he's accomplished so much at kind of such a tender age. But he is just that massive now, you know, like even like, you know, he would have auditioned for the likes of Christopher Nolan and Baz Luhrmann. Uh, he auditioned to play Elvis for Baz Luhrmann. And Baz Luhrmann actually said, I can't cast you because you're too iconic. You are Harry Styles. So no one is going to believe you as Elvis Presley. And even Christopher Nolan said that he had to kind of put, you know, 
the the star that is Harry Styles to the side so that he could cast him as a legitimate actor. Yeah, he's a pretty decent actor as well. I mean, he was very good in in Dunkirk. I think he was very good in a sense that he was able to uh, act his part without standing out as a, a a global superstar, you know, which is probably quite hard to do. Um, and when we talk about the acting career, we now incorporate his love life with Olivia Wilde and Don't Worry Darling is coming out and My Policeman as well. So he's he's on this new uh, trajectory into into um, the big screen. What's really happening? Stop it, Alice. Yeah, I mean, in a in a way, it makes kind of perfect sense, like because being a performer has been such a part of his career with regards to, you know, performing in music videos when we see him perform on the stage. Like there's almost kind of it makes such sense that he would be a performer. And again, it's kind of following the trajectory of a career uh, such as Elvis Presley, who, of course, like went to the screen as well as to the stage. But I mean, My Policeman, I think, is going to be really interesting because in Dunkirk and Don't Worry Darling, he has more supporting roles. But My Policeman um, is going to be his first lead role in a movie. And as well as that, he is playing a gay policeman. And I think that's quite interesting because Harry Styles has been very purposefully kind of like sexually ambiguous about his exact uh, sexual orientation, which is how, you know, he's kind of become an advocate for the LGBTQ plus community. Um, and then as well, like you said, that whole relationship with Olivia Wilde, like oh, you could write like essays about this thing. But as most people probably know at this stage, um, Olivia and Harry actually met on the set of uh, Don't Worry Darling. And a number of months later, they would have been seen um, holding hands at a wedding. And it was kind of confirmed then that they were dating each other. But Olivia Wilde, unfortunately, did get quite a bit of backlash from this relationship, not only because um, there's a 10 year age difference, but people were also criticizing the fact that this is an actor director relationship. It's un unprofessional. She's taking advantage. So that's something that Harry and Olivia have um, had to contend with as well, particularly during the promotion of this film. They've been asked um, extensive questions about their relationship and you do feel kind of bad for them because at the end of the day, he is 28 years old. And is it really anyone's business? It gives us a very good insight into Harry's fans, as much as they adore Harry, there's that side to them that's not particularly nice. Unfortunately, and it's not just with regards to uh, this rela relationship, but other like aspects of, you know, film and TV and the media that we're seeing, that there is this like toxic fandom that's out there. And I mean, when it comes to the love life of celebrities, this is nothing new. All of the great superstars of our time have had to have their, you know, love lives overanalyzed and the public seems to be as eager to see heartache and drama as they are to see happy endings. But there has been this particular obsession with uh, Harry Styles relationships. Um, is there a bit of projection there? Possibly because there just seems to be a lot more happiness uh, when Harry Styles is single and attainable other when he is like taken. And a lot of people also, you know, talk about the fact that he likes um, older women. Now, I'm not going to get into whether there's an Oedipal complex thing there because like that you need a psychologist <laughs> in for that, frankly. But but I think it's more, it's kind of a part of his image. I think anyway, as a romantic, the fact that he loves everybody, it doesn't matter what uh, gender you are, what age you are, none of that matters. He, he just loves everybody. He's a bit of a hippie in a way. Dave, where does he go from here? You know, boy band to, to big screen. I mean, and we even have a university course. Oh my gosh, the university course. And of course, it would be in Texas, America. Uh, this is starting in 2023. So there's still time to enroll if you want to. I love the title of this course as well. It is 
Harry Styles and the cult of celebrity, identity, the internet and European pop culture. I just think that makes it sound so dramatic and so relevant and educational. Um, but it's really interesting, like I said, the fact that he is seen as someone who is capturing Gen Z, this generation of young people and how that kind of relates to the wider world and our understanding of, you know, pop culture and the ideas around celebrity. It is kind of fascinating that he has become the go-to figure to study and analyze these things. What kind of job do you get at that course, D? I don't know. Harry Styles' manager? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> His manager once he turns 30. <laughs> And my thanks there to independent.ie audience editor and pop culture expert Dee Malumbi. I'm Siobhan McGuire and today's episode was produced and researched by myself with sound by John Smith. Archive clips from the BBC, E, ET Canada, X Factor on ITV, Sky News, The Howard Stern Show on Sirius XFM, Coachella and independent.ie. If you enjoy the Indo Daily, please like, follow or leave us a review.